0: Welcome to Paper Boys, the podcast where we unravel the research papers behind the latest major headlines in science. I'm your host today, James, with trustee Charlie, my co-host. I'm happy to be here, James. I'm standing up right now. The standing record
1: move. Yeah, it's like having a it's standing cold. desk, but it's in our recording studio. It's sort of like
0: this whole episode is gonna be like a water cooler chat.
1: It is, wow. You're gonna like you're gonna tell me about this interesting article you read. And yeah. I'll stand here sipping my water like,
0: oh, mm, tell me more. And we're not even going to talk about like football or weather because this is a no. science podcast. Yeah. Our small talk is very productive. Let's just say that. <laughs>
1: so speaking of which, what are you going to be talking about on this episode? So today's
0: episode, you might call this an indie episode. Ooh, indie. Because Why, <laughs> uh, Why might you call it that? I'm not sure if the articles actually cracked major news outlets but they cracked some of the smaller outlets that i go to mm, yeah like like ones you've never heard of yeah you probably haven't heard of them yeah no but like hackaday which has like oh yeah cool hacker projects okay science daily it was on science daily okay and new atlas so all right i, I i'd say that's
1: it's big enough if you've got three separate articles about it i think you're in the clear yeah there are three separate articles yeah as long as they're not on like worldtruth.tv TV. <laughs> Or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) NatureScience.org. Yeah, yeah, that was a big scam of a site. Dot.co.uk. Yeah, Yeah. that was a bad website. Don't go there. Or wnd.com that crashed my computer. Also, don't go there. They just give you viruses. So you said this was some indie science news. What is it about? So
0: this this episode is. I thought it was cool. It's about hiding information in music that is imperceptible to the listener.
1: Oh, you mean like the plot to the 2003 smash hit,
0: Josie and the Pussycats. I actually haven't seen that movie. Is that the, is that the whole point? Like that's the music, basically
1: the plot of that movie.
0: Really? Is like hiding subliminal messages
1: in the music. I yeah. mean, that's basically what this is about. Is it really? Yeah, it's wow. called
0: steganography. Steganography. Interesting. And steganography is the act of concealing a message inside of a medium so like this is pretty common for like spies or terrorists to like hide messages inside of a picture so like they attach a png to an email whoa and it's imperceptible to you but some of the pixels are just off that when you like run it through the decryption algorithm the message like pops out whoa okay yeah all right so they're gonna do something along those
1: lines with music
0: but much less nefarious, like the applications that they talk about, are like you could go to a coffee shop and like not have to go up to the counter and get a Wi-Fi password. It's just broadcast to your computer over speakers. Yeah, I mean that's what they say
1: in the paper. But hey, man, they're not pointing is probably DOD, DARPA, they're Swiss. So oh, okay. So it, they're neutral. It could be for coffee
0: shops. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's this is a huge revolution in the coffee shop industry. That's not that's not a knock against all of Switzerland. It's just to say that they have really good coffee, and I hope that their coffee industry is investing in this type of technology. Cool.
1: Okay. So if anyone is just tuning in the first time, James and I are both PhD students, and we read a lot of papers in the course of our own research. And so that's kind of why we started this podcast, was that we enjoy reading science. We like to think that we're good at it, but uh, I'm sure if you've heard some of our bad episodes, you'd know we're not always, but... And why start
0: a journal club when you can start a podcast? Yeah,
1: exactly. You know, we wanted to nerd out over some journal papers and then we were like, the world deserves to hear us speak. Or we just like talking. Or we just like talking. It's really, we just like the sound of our own voices. So (laughs) we're glad that you're joining us for this show. Hopefully it makes sense why we call ourselves the Paper Boys. I should say that more like, the Paper Boys. (laughs) (laughs) We are
0: the Paper Boys.
1: Please go uh, check us out on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at paperboyspod. You can also reach out to us on email, paperboyspod at gmail.com. We love hearing from listeners. Feedback on past episodes or recommendations for future episodes. We'd love to hear what you have to say. Also, go to patreon.com slash paperboyspod to find out how you can support the show. We've been doing bonus episodes that have been absolute gangbusters. (laughs) <laughs> our our most recent bonus episode is about rocket science and like the origin of rocket science, and uh, so we dive into some papers from over a hundred years ago, some New York Times articles from a hundred years
0: ago, talking some you know funny old style lingo, and pretty cool, pretty relevant to some of the new happenings in the realm of rocket science with uh, new new players like SpaceX and Blue Origin coming out, and it's pretty cool to actually make the connections between. You know, this paper that we read from eighteen ninety four and then yeah. Elon Musk talking about this revolution in rocket technology and it's like Tolkovsky's really basically new. predicted SpaceX. Like yeah. he talks about rocket there's landing. A, there's a single line that's like this is SpaceX. Yeah. In his paper. Yeah. But um check it out. It's it was a cool episode for us to record. I learned a lot doing it, and hopefully it's enjoyable for our Patreons. Feel free to find out. Patrons.
1: Patreonines. <laughs> Patreonines. <Patrionians>. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so go check that out, patreon.com slash paperboyspod. It's uh, pie dollars, get to the episodes, and then there's also lots more if you go beyond that. So,
0: And you know, it's just like when I'm preparing my notes for these episodes, uh, do you ever just get that feeling like, I just wish I could organize everything, and I pulled out my Kindle and <laughs> it just feels right, and Squarespace really helped me <laughs> with... And after doing Paperboys, I realized I
1: wanted to start a clothing line. And after, and after a long session emailing with MailChimp, (laughs) no, we're unfortunately not sponsored by any of those companies. (laughs) We should (laughs) probably stop saying their names. Please
0: cut that. Please cut that. Uh,
1: Lawsuits incoming. So James, the paper that you are covering here has to do with encoding like secret messages in music. What were the, why don't we start with the news articles? These, this super indie hipster news sources that you found.
0: Okay. Yeah. Pretty cool. You probably haven't heard of them. Just kidding. Uh, they're not that indie, but a -a Hackaday's title, uh, pretty descriptive. Hiding data in music might be the key to ditching coffee shop Wi-Fi passwords. Oh, so this, so you weren't like just giving a one-off example about coffee shop
1: Wi-Fi. That's like the application of this.
0: Uh, I mean, not really. They they just like briefly mention an application. Mm. Okay, but that's one example. Um, Science Daily, not a great, (laughs) not a very descriptive headline. Says. Storing data in music. That's the headline? That was the headline. Okay. Um, it really leaves you wanting more. And that was, I think, the, so the paper is from ETH Zurich. And I think that was their press release that Science Daily took and published. Gotcha, gotcha. But um, New Atlas came out and said, Scientists can use data hidden in music to send Wi-Fi passwords to your phone. Okay. So Which again, kind of, kind of touching on this Wi-Fi password application. Yeah, and also the technology that's involved to make this happen. Like using smartphones as a readily available source? Yeah. uh,
1: I'm not going to lie. I don't really see like why they need to send the Wi-Fi password through music. Like doesn't that kind of defeat the purpose of having a
0: password? Sort of. But I mean, (laughs) I don't know. I mean, you can come up with whatever application you want. Anything where you need to send something and you don't want to disrupt an existing medium, this could be applicable. I mean, so there's a lot of applications for cryptography obviously or Mm, okay you know defense uh ideas gotcha but also just making use of mediums that we already have around media that we already have around us um and trying to you know we're always trying to cram more information into what we have so how can you more densely pack this stuff yeah isn't that kind of
1: how like hd radio works like now uh, with with some like HD FM radio stations, you can actually you actually get two radio stations on one frequency band. Have yeah, notice that I don't have HD radio, but so like some cars now like they, I mean for the last like five ten years they've been doing this. You receive like HD radio, the sound quality is way better, and this- and then there's like an alternate station, like ni- like ninety seven point one will be like whatever station, and then they'll have like a ninety seven point one B, that's a whole other station. Is this terrestrial or is this from satellite? No, this is terrestrial. This is like FM radio. Okay. And I think the way my understanding of how it works is that they're not they're not like sending the data as like frequency modulated like sound signals. They're sending the data as like bits using modulation. It's digital for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so they can just send, you know, enough bits that you can actually get two entire audio streams at the same time. And then it just separates them out.
0: Yeah. So that's I mean, that's a great example of like you have a certain frequency allocation. How can you cram more bits into it? Yeah. And you're, you're generally always modulating one of three things. So you're encoding information in like the amplitude or the frequency right. or the phase. So that's a cool example of like how you can cram more in and what that might lead to. Yeah. And I guess the reason I bring it up is because it's like on the end of
1: the HD radio, it needs to know some information about how to decode the two separate pieces of data Yes. And so, like, if you think about it, you're getting one stream of music, but there's another stream of music that's hidden in a different form of data. Yeah. I'm wondering if that's sort of what's going
0: on here. Yeah. You could think of it like that. Like, when you're, if you listen to the 97.1 radio station, the audio quality isn't impacted. Like, you don't know that there's another 97.1B. Right. Because it's imperceptible. And that's sort of what they're going off with this. But what's cool is like, so you need an HD radio receiver. For that to work Mm -hmm. in this case you can use like you need some custom software but the hardware is already existing everywhere there are speakers and smartphones everywhere that have speakers and microphones so it's like baked into the audio itself yeah so they like before the music like imagine you're your favorite coffee shop and they're playing like i know you're a big john mayer fan they got john mayer (laughs) on the you know on the loudspeaker (laughs) or whatever before it's actually played through the speaker it's gone through some like filtering and stuff, and in- the information's encoded. So you hear, you get your John Mayer clean, crystal clear yeah. voice of an angel. So you can just record
1: that with any old microphone, and the data is somewhere in there.
0: Yeah. You, Whoa, could write, okay. you could write a smartphone app like they did. And then, okay. Get so the data.
1: you say they, who is this?
0: Like, what's the paper? What's the research group? So the first author is Manuel Eichelberger, along with Simon Tanner. Gabriel Voiral, and Roger Wadenhofer. Hopefully I said that right. They're from ETH Zurich, the Technical uh, University in Zurich. And this is a conference publication at the 44th IEEE International Conference on Acoustics, Speech, and Signal Processing. IEEE is the big organization for electrical engineering, whether it's hardware or software or signal processing. Okay. And this was presented middle of May 2019 in Brighton, England. Okay. So what's the paper called? The title is Imperceptible Audio Communication.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. I like it. Nice and concise. Yeah. I feel like normally we have to take a minute here to like explain. Okay, let's
0: break down the title here. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It's like filled with all these dense words and stuff. Yeah. But this is nice. Nope. Clean. And it is free access. They have it posted on the ETH website. Nice. Sort of like a preprint so we'll post a link to that too on our website paperboyspodcast.com
1: hashtag open access hashtag open access hashtag <laughs> so you sort of mentioned like they you know potential applications of this is sending a wi-fi password or whatever like you can write a smartphone app to receive whatever data is coming through yeah is that really what they set out to do here
0: how did they actually what was the motivation for doing this yeah i guess what was their motivation so sim- so the motivation for doing this is, I think, generally just to discover new ways of encoding greater information in existing media. Like, it's research in that sense. Like, oh, this hasn't been tried before. Let's try it. People have looked at encoding information in audio signals. That's like, you mentioned the hit movie, Josie and the Pussycats. Like, yeah. It's not of course, in-
1: everyone has seen and heard of. <laughs> yes.
0: Isn't Tom Hanks in that?
1: no 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 okay it's like tara reed isn't it oh
0: gosh <laughs> yeah. all right uh well yeah okay tara reed knows about this tara reed knows all about this no offense tara reed a oh. long-time listener tara Reid. <laughs> <laughs> so people have done similar things what's novel about this is a few different parameters that they're able to achieve they're able to get pretty high data rates for the media like which is really in terms of like wireless communications isn't that fast it's like Four or five hundred bits per second, meaning bits. that that's how many bits they can transmit in their like
1: secret encoded message.
0: Yeah. Okay,
1: that's still. I mean, I don't know for Wha- something that's like baked into music that you can't hear. I'd say pretty good.
0: Yeah, and, knowing you know, nothing about it, but audio signals are really low frequency, so you're very bandwidth constrained to begin with. You don't. You can't send much data over audio, anyways, because oh, wow. you're oh. dealing between like up to 20 kilohertz so
1: wow that never occurred to me why this was like kind of impressive for that reason yeah so can you uh, i feel like i have like a half-baked understanding of the relationship between so like wi-fi operates at five gigahertz Mm -hmm. five billion cycles per second yep and because that's at such a high frequency that means there's more opportunity for data
0: to come through it's easier to send more data yeah, you have more bandwidth. Okay. What do you mean when you say you have more bandwidth? How does that affect data? Uh, when you talk about the bandwidth, if you think about like the most basic case of five gigahertz, you have a signal that's oscillating five billion times per second. Mm-hmm. Imagine if I want to send you a one, I just send you the signal, like one period of the signal. So uh, a high and a low. Mm-hmm. And if I don't want to send you, I want to send you a zero, I said, don't send it to you. So, oh, I, I have 5 billion times per second to potentially send you information. I see. So, like, theoretically, you could send me 5 gig- gigabits 5, per second. Yeah, 5 billion bits in, a, in one second. And technically, if you look at it, that would be amplitude modulation. Right. I could do frequency modulation or phase modulation or a combination of that. And I could send you even more data technically. But then systems get
1: more complicated. So I'm thinking about like, so in frequency modulation, what's happening is that you're sending a constant wave that's at, call it five gigahertz. But then to send a one, you would send something at five gigahertz plus 20,000 hertz. Yep. Or, and then you wanted to send a zero and you would send it at five gigahertz minus 20,000 hertz. Yep. And so you're talking about adding 20,000 hertz or taking off 20,000 hertz in order to Say this is a bit or that's a bit, yep. Or like this is a one or that's a zero. If you're at a thousand hertz, like like what a guitar twang might be, yep. You can't add twenty thousand hertz to that or subtract twenty thousand hertz from that.
0: No, and it becomes much more difficult to resolve the f- right to get like high frequency resolution
1: to like identify like oh
0: this was a zero or that was a one because they all look really close to the signal you're at. Yeah, it's much easier to be like oh that's 20 kilohertz away than it is to be like oh that's half a hertz away yeah okay because so that's that's another like practical challenge with it okay
1: so Uh, it's impressive that they're doing this at in the audio frequency band is what you're saying
0: in the yeah audio frequency band they're able to achieve pretty good uh one of the big parameters for communication systems is the bit error rate like how reliable is your communication system Hmm. If I send you a million bits, how many of them are correct or and how many of them are erroneous? Hmm. Okay. Whenever you transmit something there's just noise that gets added. That's like Yeah, there's all of kinds the of universe. interferences
1: and like ways that that signal gets lost and stuff. Yeah. Okay, so the bit error rate is something that's like calculated beforehand
0: or calculated after you receive the signal? Uh you send a known pattern and then you just compare it to what you receive and you oh. say so you like calibrate it. Yeah, like literally you send a million bits and then you're like, how many of those are correct and how many of them are wrong? Gotcha. And that okay. gives you some idea of how reliable it is. So they they get a pretty good uh, level of reliability at like up to 24 meters, which is pretty far for an audio communication. Oh, you mean, sorry. So in this paper,
1: they got a good bit error rate at 24 meters? Yep. Okay, wait. What are they doing? <laughs> I'm still confused. Like, Okay. Okay. So I feel like we've sort of covered, like, how might you encode data in a wave, which could be like frequency modulation or amplitude modulation or whatever, phase modulation. Yeah. But what is it exactly that they are doing with the
0: audio wave form that puts data into it? Okay. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the, like, technical term for what it is first, and then we'll break it down. Okay. So they're doing what's called orthogonal frequency division multiplexing. Or oh. OFDM,
1: okay. Which I knew it, it was going to be one of these four-letter acronyms that you're always I love prattling on about in your presentations. You make me listen to. I just love, yeah. Like love oh, it. Uh, DPSK, yep. FSK. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Am I just, am I saying the right letters?
0: Kinda. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Here it goes. DQPSK. ACDC. <laughs> CBGB. <laughs> the Ramones. Yeah. So all this is saying is that they're using. Different frequencies to transmit data. Okay. So it's sort of like frequency modulation, except they're spreading their data out over multiple frequencies, and uh, each of those frequencies holds data. So this is what Wi Fi uses, this is what cell phones use. It's like, it's oh. pretty common. Okay. If I send all my data in one frequency, like imagine, okay, imagine you and I could only communicate at one frequency, and then. <laughs> We'd be like dolphins. Well, like, you know, some people's voices are like, they're sort of tuned to a specific frequency almost. Like some people have higher pitched voices. If there's a lot of high pitched noise around them, it's hard to understand because it interferes. So what OFDM does is it spreads your information across multiple frequencies. So if there's something that's going to try to jamming your signal or just because of interference, there's more of a likelihood that you'll get the information.
1: I also imagine that the benefit is that like, let's, I mean, let's say that, let's make an analogy that the frequencies are like wires that are connected between you and me. Yeah. If we had one wire and we had to transmit all our information back and forth on one wire, you can only send things like sequentially at, you know, one after the other and I can only send it to you like when you're not sending it to me and that one frequency or that one wire would be like a, a log jam yes so if you have like five wires you can send a bunch of different information across different wires and then have them get there and
0: then you just combine it at the end you can send it in parallel which also means then that you can yeah there are benefits to that okay exactly and so is the reason why they want to do that in music
1: because there's tons of different frequency contents of like a musical signal yeah
0: yeah that's a good great intuition for it i'm Uh, just really smart so so um The like the tone of music changes as it goes. So you want some flexibility if you're trying to hide. If you're encoding data in the music, you want some flexibility to how you encode it, because as the music changes tone, you need to be able to shift where your data is. Oh, so it would be like
1: hard for someone who is trying to like crack this code. Someone to pick it out because it's constantly changing
0: that or, you know, you're trying to do this imperceptibly. So, you don't want people to know. So, you need to be able to adapt and keep your your message hidden. Oh. Either because someone's trying to crack it or because you're in a coffee shop and you're like, dude, you're ruining John Mayer's voice by so adding like, this code
1: onto it. So, like when John Mayer hits that high twang in slow dancing in a burning room, you know. There you go. Bow, bow. Like. Exactly. If every time you hit that one
0: note, it was going like. Brr, I would notice it because it's repetitive and like. Yeah, so here, I have an example for you. of uh, This cool blog, this guy wrote on medium.com. His name is Sumit Kumar Aurora, and he's an example of audio steganography methods. So here's an example. I'm not going to tell you which one is coded or not. This is like a very common method for coding. It's sort of like the most most basic, and you okay. can probably hear an effect. What is this method? This is called the least significant bit algorithm, and what this does is, that was my nickname in middle school. The least significant bit algorithm? Yeah. No, just the least significant bit. <laughs> I was like, wow, Charlie started algorithm.
1: No, but my high school band name was least significant bit algorithm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice.
0: So how Lies. does, this one, how does this one work? So you're transmitting digital data, and presumably the least significant bit has the least amount of impact on the signal. Okay, so, so you, you like basically delete that. the least significant bit of your audio signal and you replace it with a code. So as every uh like byte of data is transmitted, you're really sending 7 bits instead of 8 of music. Gotcha. But then you can compile all of those 8th bits and create a message. Oh, least
1: significant bit meaning when you have 8 bits they represent like a no- it's like the ones digit of like a number that is like 30 quadrillion. <laughs>
0: yeah it's so it's really inefficient but it's like imagine at the end of every text message that you send someone you want to send them as something secret you say like you know after the final period of your sentence you send like the next letter of your code okay so it's like on there and like you would see that there's this weird letter but you'd have to get them all together and put it together you to have make to piece it together yeah okay okay so uh here is a song I didn't notice anything do you think that was in message embedded or not Th- think about it don't answer yet okay here is a second clip i can hear something weird in this one it's like yeah in the background yeah so that's right you can hear that the that's the one that has the least significant bit algorithm applied to it i see so there's data He's sending a message, I am Peter Parker. That's cool. So if you actually take this and decode it, it'll print out the text, I am Peter Parker. Oh, okay. But, so, and that was pretty obvious. Yeah, if that was blasting in a coffee shop, you'd be like, uh, something's wrong with the song. If I if I pulled up yeah, Your, bo- Matthews your, band your Body is a Wonderland and- by <laughs> Yeah.
1: If I pulled up Bartender from the Lily White Sessions <laughs> by DMB. You're you know, I, I know it note for note. If I heard that in the background, I would know you like know. I would,
0: it would it would bother me. I would be like, I need be like my headphones are broken. Yes. Yeah. So you don't want to do that. OK. Enter the research paper that I brought in. Oh, OK. So that is uh, that's like pre this algorithm. The least significant bit algorithm is like definitely perceptible. And these guys algorithm is much better. OK. And I, uh, I can play you an audio sample
1: okay are you going to show like
0: a clean and encoded version yes i wish i had it on two different recordings but unfortunately it's just one recording with six seconds of the original and six seconds of the encoded okay that's fine but uh here we go that's unencoded Yeah, I didn't really notice the
1: difference. It almost sounded like maybe the first, those high-pitched horns at the start sounded a little different in the encoded version, but... You're, like, not sure, though. I'm not sure, and I don't know that, like, again, if I knew that song, I might not notice it.
0: Yeah. You know? Totally. I mean, it's interesting. So, the, it was cool on Hack. This is from Hackaday, where they play the clip, and then they actually they filter it so you can hear the frequency range where they're adding in this information. Oh, really? You can hear it a little more here, but... uh. They still do a pretty good job of hiding it. That was the original. Even with the filtering, it's hard to tell. It just sounds a little more grainy, sort of. Yeah, and that's just an artifact of the filtering, really. Yeah, that's probably not
1: the data. So Also, I, I kind of... I kind of like that this algorithm is all about, like, sending stuff on different frequencies. And so they picked a song that's just, like, a bunch of descending frequencies, you know? Yeah. It's basically, like, a perfect, like,
0: <laughs> combination <laughs> of, <laughs> of <laughs> many <laughs> different <laughs> frequencies, you know? You get the whole spectrum to hear it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good test piece. That's a good point. And it's cool. So they actually, in the paper, they test with, like, a bunch of different songs. You can tell these are, like, you get a little taste for their musical preferences. mm They tested with uh, Jack Johnson, Jason Mraz, No, Hootie and the Blowfish. No. No? Uh, That's who
1: I'd be testing with.
0: Monstrous, When I Am, The Sour One Remix. I haven't heard that song. Okay. Some EDM song. Uh, But Van Halen, And The Cradle Will Rock. Nice. Pink Floyd, Breathe. Nice. Scorpions, Can't Live Without You. I don't think I know that one. Queen, The Show Must Go On. Okay. And Gorillaz, All Alone. Nice. I'm not sure why they picked these particular songs, but I bet like each author got one choice or something. <laughs> yeah, probably. But it was pretty cool. So, they had this algorithm where basically they're hiding the data around this this is the like analytical part of the paper. In a song, you have a frequency that has the most power of the song. It like dominates the song. It's the the root note. Okay. The the key that the song is in. I see. Okay. So, like if I play you beethoven whatever in c major like Mm -hmm. c will have most of the power of the song gotcha and you can see that if you do this algorithm called so you can see it if you do what's called a fourier transform where you plot this the frequency content of the song Uh, but there's actually an automated algorithm you can use that helps you figure out the tone so they apply this algorithm they get the tone they figure out where the main power is is that what is that called is it called like band studio or something like that No, it's called the harmonic product spectrum.
1: Oh, okay, never mind. Because there was this old like Microsoft like built-in software Mm -hmm. that I think got discontinued, where like it would take a Fourier transform of like let's say you sang a little tune, Uh and it would like make its best guess for like the the tone of what you were doing. It was probably using that, and then it would just build like a crappy like MIDI band song around it. That always sounded, like, really bad. (laughs) Dude, that's awesome, though. Yeah. That's so cool. It's a cool
0: concept. Yeah. Pretty hokey, but... Groundbreaking. I was hoping you were going to say they used this software. I wish. It's 2019, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, they build, then, off, like, the human auditory model, where it's, like, if you hear some tone and it's loud enough, you basically won't hear anything within, like, plus, minus... 10 percent of the frequency of that tone oh like it drowns out other sounds that are close to that yeah so if you it's like it's sort of on a relative scale but it's like if you hear a tone at a thousand hertz you're not going to be able to differentiate something that's at 900 hertz or 1100 hertz if that tone at a thousand hertz is loud enough it'll drown it out and is it really
1: that wide of a drowning like a hundred hertz because i feel like that's a pretty significant amount in audio perception
0: I think roughly from what they found it is, it is realistic, but there's a threshold. I mean, so if like you have a 900 hertz and a thousand hertz signal and the 900 hertz signal is strong, you'll be able to differentiate it. Okay. Because like you li- the human ear is very good at picking out frequencies. Yeah. But if you go beyond beneath this amplitude threshold, then they say what, what they say happens is this frequency masks other things in this width, in this hmm. bandwidth. Okay. And So, so they're going to use that to hide data like near the strong frequencies? Yeah. So, they take the song. That's pretty clever. They run this harmonic product spectrum on it. So, they find the frequency content. What's the major frequency present in the song? And then they say, okay, we're going to hide in tones really close to that frequency at a slightly lower amplitude so the human ear can't perceive them.
1: Okay. So and like- then
0: it would in a worst case it would just make the song sound a little like a bit muddled because you're just adding frequencies that are pretty close to what's already there yeah and then to because we want to do multiple frequencies what they do to sort of preserve that is they go up at different octaves and different harmonics of that main frequency because then it's all built into the song okay so they're
1: picking just one strongest frequency yes and then they're encoding all the data at that or like harmonics of that yep they're not like identifying three different things like if you had a chord that was like three different notes or something
0: yeah no so they just they do the single frequency the way that they handle that though because you know keys change in songs like i play a g chord and then i play an a chord in a song like that changes they split the song up and they cut it into 200 millisecond chunks and they do this for every 200 millisecond chunk so that they have some flexibility as the song changes. Okay, so then on the other end,
1: so they just transmit this out. And on the other end, like, do you
0: need to know something about the data in order to decode it? Yes. Uh, You're right, right on. You n- need to know something. You need to know what frequencies to look at.
1: Well, but so I, I guess the reason I asked that is because I'm imagining if if all they're doing is they're hiding it in the strongest frequency... For that particular 200 millisecond chunk, mm-hmm. I can just write an algorithm that also identifies the strongest frequency, and then looks for, and then looks for like imperfections near that frequency.
0: So that's a good question. Yeah, I'm curious why they didn't do that. What they do is they say there's like this high frequency. They use a very narrow frequency band, right at like 10 kilohertz plus minus 100 hertz, and they use this one frequency to transmit basic information that says where to look in the frequency content oh wait so along with the song they're also
1: sending like a little 10 kilohertz tone yeah
0: so why not just uh, why (laughs) why not just send the 10 kilohertz tone because the 10 kilohertz tone isn't enough to send a meaningful amount of data oh because with the
1: song they get to send across all these different channels yeah like so many different frequencies
0: and, that, like, this is the part where I was, like... Do you not hear that? Doesn't that kind of, like, like under, undermine your whole purpose of, like... No, so you don't hear it. I mean, so it's imperceptible. As long as... Basically, there was other research that said, like, these high frequencies, if you... As long as you keep the amplitude low enough, like, it doesn't change the music. Hmm. Okay.
1: So, sorry. Say more about what you just said, though. How you think it kind of defeats the purpose of this
0: encoding. Um, Because you're, you're dependent now on... You use this like multiple fr- these multiple frequencies to try to ensure reliability of your signal. OFDM. Oh, but now you're dependent on a single frequency for decoding the rest of your message. So there's a weak link. So if that
1: has low reliability, then the rest of the data is meaningless.
0: Yeah, it's like oh, Charlie, like I buried this great treasure for you, and like oh, I put a bunch of little treasures all around, so in case like another pirate i don't know why i'm doing a pirate analogy (laughs) found it like there's still other treasure for you but like here's the one map that shows you where everything is don't lose this map yeah and then you lose the map and you're like you're never gonna find all that
1: treasure or i think of it like you know how they have those things that it'll be like a a password keeper where yeah it has all your passwords in one place but you need to remember the one password that gets you into that in order to get there what if you mess what if you lost that password and you it. couldn't get back in. Then you've lost all your passwords.
0: Yep. Exactly. It's basically kind of like that. Okay. I think if I understood it correctly. Okay. Um, Do they address that in the paper? Not to my... Not from what I saw. Okay. But with that said, uh, I thought the tests that they did were pretty cool. They tested in different rooms. So they did an auditorium, a hallway, and an office room. Oh, okay. And they used for this... For testing the rooms they used in the cradle rock by Van Halen. Get the feeling maybe one of them is a guitar player. Yeah. <laughs> Good old school classic rock heavy metal. Van Halen is like so they're just so distinctive, you know? Yeah. Just that real crunch. Wait, so
1: just to clarify, they're doing these tests. And they're just receiving the audio with like their iPhone's microphone? Yeah.
0: So they set up speakers, like uh, studio monitors, and then they used a Nexus 5X smartphone that was running their receiver software. And they basically went at, they increased the distance and figured out how many, they knew how many bits they transmitted. They knew what the data that was that they transmitted initially. They said how many of these bits were received correctly. And then they went a little farther.
1: Okay. And you said at the beginning that they got good reliability all the way up to like 20 something meters. Yes. In a hallway. In a hallway. Um, and that's at the same
0: like volume from the speakers the whole time. Yep. Okay. Yep. In the auditorium, they found that the bit error rate increased faster. So they got like 15 meters. Okay. And then. Probably like a lot more echoey and. Yeah. More echoes. And so you actually get echoes that rebound and come back and interfere with your actual message and those echoes have data that the software is trying to decode yes automatically so that would really screw it up yeah yeah gotcha and then uh they had tried an office and they had good di- good bit error rates up to like eight meters it was a big office eight meters okay but then what i really like is they tried a bunch of different songs because like the frequency content of songs is very different and so they figured out, like, what songs work the best for this. Oh, really? At least from a small set of, like, six different songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the winners were Queen, Show Must Go On, and Gorillaz All Alone. With those, they were able to get a bitter rate of, like, 2.6, 2.2% 2. Hmm. for, like, three to 400 bits per second. Okay. that's
1: So for that means that every second they're receiving 400 bits and, like, eight of those are wrong or something like that.
0: Something like that, yeah. Okay. That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah not bad and you can actually use like error correction codes to fix that so like that's oh, manageable oh okay so that
1: can be fixed so i'm kind of i'm i'm starting to get a sense of like how this would be a neat if not a little gimmicky application like you're in the coffee shop and you have an app it's kind of the same thing with like QR codes mhm you know like you so have, still an have to app, whip out a phone and take a picture you whip but... out the phone you get the camera scan and then it brings you to a website and there, or there's something about that QR code that has like encoded data in it that is useful to you for some non-life critical purpose you know
0: yeah like you could do you could actually now that you bring that up like you could do kind of fun things where it's like if you have to be at a certain place to like check in like yeah. they're just broadcasting music and it's like it automatically knows that you're there because yeah. it's getting the code you open the app or like you know i'm thinking of like shazam
1: yeah shazam is Dude, there to try app. and identify music it doesn't always work though if like you're in a coffee shop and they're broadcasting music that is just carrying data about what song is this? Here's where you can find their concert on tour. Yeah, just like a website link or whatever. You open your app and like, and then you see like, oh, this song. But oh, I I heard of this band. Yep. Are they playing? And see, you know, I'm I'm saying this as though it's like a a sales pitch to a bunch of like baby boomer buy businessmen paper. who would totally buy
0: into this. But <laughs> just uh, moving to the bay to. St- make a startup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: I-, I get it. Is you what get what I'm it. saying.
0: Yeah. So that was most of it. The last thing that was pretty cool is they actually, and is unique, is they did a test with 40 participants to see if they could pick out, um based on these songs, which is the original and which one has the encoded message. Okay. And on average, the participants had an error like 40% of the time, which is pretty good considering that, like, You know, statistically, you would think it's 50% is random. Yeah, 50%, they're going to get it wrong. And oftentimes, they would say, apparently, like, the original song had the encoding. Because, like, if you get an uncompressed version of the song, there's often noise in the recording anyways. Yeah. So, it's like, you know, I think these statistics are actually pretty good when you consider, like, these people knew that there were songs with encoded information. Yeah, So, like, if you just played it to a random person who didn't know that... They'd never realize it. And it's it
1: sounds like it's within the... It's within the kind of, like, you know, within the noise, I guess. Pardon the pun. But, like, let's say when I listen to a song with my over-ear headphones, it sounds different than when I listen with my iPhone earbuds. And it sounds different than when I just play it on my iPhone speaker. Yes. Like, it sounds different. And so, like, it's within that range of, like, oh, it sounds just slightly different than the other time I heard it. But, uh, you know... It's on the coffee shop speakers, so it's going to sound a little different.
0: Yeah, you wouldn't be like, oh, I'm going to go sit down with my high fidelity audio system and just <laughs> enjoy this like, you know, embedded data and, and music. You're like, no, yeah. that would, that's, it defeats the point. Yeah. Whereas but with the least significant bit thing, it was obvious. On my computer speakers. On your computer speakers yeah. that something was wrong. Yeah. Whereas it's not obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So, you know. They didn't cure cancer. No offense, guys, <laughs> but it's a cool it's a cool paper. Yeah, I think That's that we really should just work. start summing every paper up that way. They also they also and didn't was, claim they also didn't claim to, <laughs> it was good, but you know it was no cancer cure. Well, uh, you know, a lot of times we're bringing There's no theory in, like, of relativity in here. It's true. <laughs> but, I mean, it's a so it's a it's a really cool conference paper. Yeah, that came out. Yeah, no, that is really cool. I feel bad saying that they didn't cure cancer, you guys. If you are listening, this paper was awesome you totally did cure cancer we're all <laughs> proud of you i mean factually speaking
1: but uh you know what i mean no it is very cool it is very cool and, and i know the sentiment you're going for there which is
0: to say uh, like yeah this might not change your life i liked it because it's like, like this is stuff i'm research. interested in and i was like geeking out so yeah. for the unaccustomed listener yeah. hopefully it's still it makes sense
1: here. why it's on like hackaday.com and stuff and it's totally. like a really like cool a- just like technology application and like Huh? Like, look at this really cool thing that could. It was like a while back. There were those things that said like, "Oh, light bulbs could be, could transmit Wi-Fi to your
0: computer." How do you know they're not? Well, maybe they are. Huh. But it's like a cool. But technology, it is that, yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, That's like exactly the same thing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was fun to read. I enjoyed it. Cool. Did cool you article. think uh, the, the coverage was pretty fair? Um. Yeah. I mean, just basically, I think I don't know why the. I wish there was like more imagination in talking about the applications of it. Like, like you should write an article, Charlie. Maybe I should, yeah. You maybe or should maybe I started. won't. I'll save it for my sales pitch of
1: this amazing. It, it's it's the new QR code. It's the new QR code. Yeah. Which really blew up. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. So Thanks for bringing that in, James.
0: Yeah, And absolutely. thanks also
1: for like, I feel like if I had tried to read a paper like this, I would have not had any clue what was going on. So I appreciate your expertise in this area and your ability to like boil
0: down. I don't know. I mean, it's very connected to my actual research.
1: So. Yeah. Like wireless uh, yeah. communication and just like RF stuff always has confused me. And then I met you and you just explain it. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Happy to help. Yeah. I mean, don't trust me to do it's any like, plasma it's physics. It's like buried
0: treasure. Of course. I understand now. <laughs> the pirate analogy. Yeah. Of course. Hopefully, if you're listening, you enjoy this episode as well. But if you have any questions or comments or concerns thoughts ideas let us know at at gmail.com or please send us a message on social media we love it yeah uh and you mentioned this paper was open access so we'll be posting
1: it on our website paperboyspodcast.com and you'll have full access to that as well as probably links to like hackaday and
0: yeah absolutely i'll post those too
1: and again here's the here's your advertisement for the day go check out our patreon It's what keeps this show ticking. We really, really, really appreciate our patrons, and we'd really appreciate it if you too became a patron. We have bonus episodes every month, talk about relativity, we talk about rockets, we talk about old journalists and how they're complete hacks. If you think we're brutal to some journalists during the regular show, you should hear how we talk about 1920s journalists. They're the worst. They're the worst. Literally. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, the, the first tier on there is only $3.14 a month. If you get that, then you're a huge nerd. Oops. We have a couple other tiers, too, where you can get lots more bonus content and uh, lots more interaction with the show. So check that out, patreon.com slash
0: paperboyspod. Thank you so much for listening, and please join us next week for another exciting edition of Paperboys. Thanks for listening.